Bowlers. Listen up, bowlers. Are you looking to gain mental focus over your competition? Do you ever need that extra burst of all-natural energy during league play? MindFrame is the first all-natural supplement packed with vitamins and all-natural ingredients to keep bowlers at the top of their game. Supports muscle recovery and joint support for the day after that long tournament. You cannot continue to neglect your most important tool, your body, if you want to win. Experience the striking power of MindFrame. Visit s3direct.com. That's s3direct.com. You're listening to the Above180.com podcast with Tim Berg and Joe Serrar, and this is Mo Pinnell, president of Mo Rich Enterprises. Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know, from the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowlers Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Welcome to the show this morning. Ron Hoppy, uh, one-third of the uh, entourage from International Art of Bowling, the other two being Deandra Asbady, well-known woman bowler, sweetheart of a girl, uh, Jason Belmonte, the two-handed wonder, and the third member, Ron Hoppy, bowling's coach extraordinaire, uh, the senior member of the group. Uh, Ron, you want to give us a little history into your involvement with the other two, as, as well as how you kind of get into the coaching? Absolutely. Thanks. Good morning, Tim, uh, Tim and Joe. Uh, thank you for inviting me on your show. It is a pleasure to be here, even though it's dark where I live. Um, the question is uh, how I got into this. I've been coaching probably for 45 years. I've been in the pro shop business. I think I drew my first ball in 1965, so I've sort of been around this a long, long time. And uh, a good friend of mine that lives in Chicago uh, had me come and do a clinic that I had been doing around the United States probably for the last 15 or 20 years. And uh, in the process, uh, he overloaded me, and we had too many people, uh, and I couldn't handle it. So I called Deandra up, and uh, who I've known, and I asked her if she'd help. And she said that Jason was in the area with her, and I said, we use him? And I said, absolutely. So we did the clinic uh, kind of ad hoc. We just got up. And, and ran it, and we had two days of absolute fun. I've always called them boot camps, and this one was truly that. It was a great boot camp, uh, and that is how we formed our company, uh, and actually we're celebrating our uh, one-year birthday this month, so that's how we started. And Tim and I are celebrating our one-year birthday as well, Ron. Uh, our first yeah, broadcast was last September, 2010. So we're, we're both kind of new at this, even though we've been involved in the sport of bowling. I've been involved in it with my pro shop since 73. So we're, we're kind of veterans. But uh, you want to talk a little bit about you know, your, your boot camp. Uh, how exactly does your boot camp differ from, say, other coaching clinics? Well, I think the you know the single biggest uh, model for me was always Dick Ritker. That's probably the most successful coaching program in the United States. Been around about thirty years, and uh, it teaches people how to bowl. And it's probably the best coaching program, say, to uh, absolute beginner bowler. Um, so our our program kind of picks it up. Uh, we have. Um, a really good crew that understands the basics of the game. I mean, Deandra is 
she's really, really solid when it comes to just coaching the absolute fundamentals with anybody. Jason, obviously, is the two-handed game. We uh, get a ton of two-handed bowlers coming in wanting to be successful with this new style of game. So we really cover an entire spectrum, and uh, I think that sort of is the real difference with us. We actually go down on the lanes. We teach people skill drills, um, of which I've used for probably... Oh, I don't know, 30, 40 years. I can't remember where I got them all, but I probably have 25 or 30, and I always invent new ones. Um, and these drills are really targeted for specific needs and uh, the things that people can go home with and learn. So, um, and we're pretty personal. We uh, do classroom. We, uh, we include the pro shop side of it. Uh, we introduce people to what the pro shop really is, how to find a good pro shop. Um, I check um, all the fits on people, um, yeah. how their equipment's drilled, laid out. So we really cover just about every one of their bowling needs. We want to be their bowling uh, coaches for the rest of their lives. So, Ron, walk us through what someone can expect if they come in to and do an international art of bowling boot camp, as you put it. Is there a coach room session? Uh, do you guys focus on all skill levels? Just kind of help out the bowler that may be thinking of joining or going to a boot camp in their area but not quite sure. That's a good question. I'm. Um, we really are. Uh, we cover it from every age. I think that our last clinic we had a, a nine-year-old that attended the class, and um, I keep looking for someone older than me, but I was pretty close. So a sixty-nine-year-old. So that's a pretty wide range, and our class is so diversified that we can uh, work with any level at any uh, uh, person. So, and we really have a good time. I mean, it is a kind of like a. Oh, gosh. Uh, it's just a fun event for someone. It's uh, you gotta treat People can treat themselves to a really great weekend, and whatever level they bring in, uh, we're going to be able to accommodate them, um, all the way to any of the regional PBA bowlers. Now, Ron, is this typically a one-day event or a two-day event? Uh, people can sign up for one day, and uh, I would say we get usually three or four people that do that for a variety of reasons. Either they can't get away for two days or they're not sure. Uh, of the people that can get actually get away and do a two-day and that sign up for one, we probably uh, convert 85 or 90% of those people into the two days. So uh, we do the one day just simply because people can't always get away for a two-day weekend. And, and, and during the season, you, you run these as well? I mean, uh, is it just during the summer or actually during the bowling season? You travel to different cities. Can you kind of talk about that as well? Uh, yes, right. Uh, we're year-round. Um, mostly, I would say, we well, we had a pretty busy uh, May last year. We also went to Panama during that stretch. But um, on our website, uh, you can check where we're going to be. Our next uh, IAB event will be in Tacoma, Washington, uh, actually in my backyard, about an hour and a half south of me, um, in an area where I'm very familiar with the people. And, and uh, um, it's going to be a really... Uh, uh, huge event. Uh, this is going to be a big one. So it's a year-round event. So, Ron, one of the things that I've gone to different coaches, and I've gone to a few, I won't name any names here, where they kind of try to sugarcoat people and say, you make build you up, as opposed to really helping a bowler with their flaws. Because ultimately, when you go to a coach, you want to get better. You're going there to learn and to have them point out your flaws in a good way and with some, some ways that they can help you uh, improve your game. So, I guess just talk about how you guys handle that because I know 
people want you to be honest with them when you're coaching. They don't always want to hear things sugar-coated. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, actually, that's partly where the boot camp comes from. I mean, if anybody's been in the military, I have been, and uh, they, they don't sugarcoat anything there. Um, I, you know, I do a video analysis for everybody. Um, I video everyone. Um, I always uh, hire somebody to do the videoing and the actual video process. I take that information home with me. Then I sit down at home and spend two, three days. Uh, and I, by this time, of course, I've worked with everybody that's come to the camp, and I'm a lot more familiar with them and what their needs were. Then I am, and now, uh, do my analysis on the video, and I use a CD. Uh, I record it. I do all the graphics. Uh, I use Bowler's Map. And it is uh, pretty, in, pretty intense. I, I don't... Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you. People come there and want to get better, and everyone always has some good aspects of their physical game, and then they have some opportunities. And the opportunities are where I'm going to show them, look, you know, this arm swing uh, looks like it's in a tornado, or this is a great arm swing, or this footwork isn't really good. So then I give them examples on that CD, and I show them, I say, okay, this is what you're doing, and here's someone doing it really well. And I've got uh, clips that I can use either... Uh, that we've made ourselves, or of uh, some one I've worked with, uh, like Mika, I use him a lot, or um, you know, bowlers that I might have worked with at one time. Now, Ron, we all know we all have our own individual styles and techniques getting to the line as well as releasing the ball. I mean, not all of us can look like, say, a David Ozio. I mean, picture perfect, right? <laughs> David can look like David. <laughs> to me, David's right. game is just, it's just. A thing of beauty, but uh, you know, you, you take Walter Ray, his style. You got you know Pete. You've got Mika's yep. game again. It's not physically the let's say by the book. Say you get a player into you, goes up there and he just looks awkward or it slides on the wrong foot. But he's had a dozen three hundreds and a half a dozen eight hundreds. Will you change someone making wholesale changes? I mean, big time changes. Or do you generally try and just kind of fine-tune that player's game? No, I, um, I don't change anybody for the sake of change, in all honesty. And I assume when people come to a clinic, or when people come to me privately even, they want to get better. So the process of our two-day event is to find out that information about people. And if it ain't broke, I don't try to fix it. And that's really where the artwork of our of our uh, company comes in. I mean, if you look at Jason, he doesn't look like he looks like someone for the first two or three steps, and all of a sudden he just goes into a different planet with his two handed thing. That's his game. And um, you know, I, one of the people I was so fortunate to know really well is uh, Leanne Barrett uh, Husenberg, uh, who just won the women's uh, U.S. Open in uh, Dallas in the stadium, and um, if you watch her game in slow motion, you go, oh, my goodness, you know, that's your first thought. Uh, and yet she's been incredibly successful, so changing her would have maybe ruined her game. Uh, I remember Amleto, uh, a coach coming to me and said, oh, my gosh, that person, you know, how, why, some, why doesn't someone change that? Well, uh, fortunately for Amleto, no one changed it. Uh, you make it, you make the, you help the people understand what it is they do, this is what's good. So, yeah, the, that's a good question. I like that question. Right. So, no, so say no, you I have someone, you know, Ron, that, that comes in and, and, and they look kind of like Amboletto but not as polished, and you know 
their swing or their approach and, and you know again Leanne's approach we know she drifts 10 or 15 boards in one step you think it's causing inconsistencies so do you, do you tell that person just to practice more develop that or again will, will you make a, a change to where they're they're more fundamentally sound I, I know it's hard to answer that you know on the radio here but or on the on the internet but again that's that, that's a big question I think I agree with you I you know, that is the single biggest factor every coach faces. I mean, if David Ozio comes in or if Chris Barnes comes in, and, and I've had Chris come to me, it's, if you look at this game, this is pretty strong. You know, this is a really terrific game. But there's always room for some improvement. So it, it, the higher level of the player, the less you would see as a major change. But a 180 average bowler, a 160 average bowler, it's going to have areas in their games where their footwork or their arm swing just simply or their body position just simply not functioning well enough to get them to the next, uh, you know. I, when I look at somebody, and it doesn't matter what average they are, and pick any number you want, 160, you know, if I can get them to 165, 170, they're going to be pretty happy. So I don't always try to make that 160 average bowler, uh, well, I certainly don't try to start looking at them as being a 200 average bowler. You've got to walk those steps. So whatever that would require, I would give them the option and say, this is what I think you should do. But I never force-feed anybody to do to do something that... And sometimes I change my mind. I'm, I'm working with somebody, and I realize after 15 minutes, this ain't working. You know, this, this way I'm uh, presenting this isn't working, and I'll change gears, and I'll tell them so. And I'll say, look, let's go this... I still want the same process. When you get that foul line, I don't want your head falling all over the place. Um, because that liability for some people is pretty severe. And so I might just change the gears and, and, and approach a different... Uh, I might give them a Marshall Holman drill. And let's go go at it from that way. Marshall Holman had that an enormously great approach on the... Uh, when he was younger, he was as good as a guy. So I hope that answered the question. Maybe it was a little long. No, joining us on the Above180.com podcast is Ron Hoppy. Again, Ron is uh, one of the one third of the Above uh, the International Art of Bowling coaches. Uh, there is an upcoming boot camp at Pacific Lanes Bowling Center in Tacoma, Washington. That's coming up the end of October. So check out internationalartofbowling.com if you're interested in that. Ron, one thing I'm guessing you have people show up that, at these boot camps is they grip the ball, they squeeze the ball. What is, I guess, one thing that you try to tell bowlers to stop squeezing the bowling ball? Well, sometimes, I mean, the first thing I would do immediately when is I see a labored arm swing, something that is very uh, muscled, is I'm going to check and see if the ball is creating that fit, the original fit. Uh, a lot of times when I see people with strange arm swings or grip the ball, uh, it's a result of the first guy that drilled the ball for him. And, uh, you know, he, for whatever reasons, it just is, it simply is not adequate to allow him to have a free swing. So that's check number one. And then if that is the case, and either if I can fix it with a little bit of tape, I do that. And then if it's actually a fit reconstruction, um, I would measure their hand and uh, offer them to go to a uh, IPSIA pro shop and uh, um, have that particular drilling changed because you can't do a free swing. You, you cannot outbowl. That's it. So. I think probably in our clinic, that is one of the most significant things I do. We changed the girl's fit at Cedar Rapids, and she bowled her first 300 in game a uh, week after we did that. So I know from all my experience in this, a lot of times changing someone's fit, that, you know, just upgrading it. 
to today's environment um, makes a huge difference. I've picked up as much as 25 fins on someone's average just by fit change. Right. And, you know, Ron, the, the philosophy of measuring hands and, and laying out balls has evolved as time has passed from the days of rubber to plastic to urethane, now resin. Um, you know, back in the 80s, you know, I, I was drilling quite a few balls, I'm sure, as you were, and, and the need to kind of grip it and hit up on the ball was there because otherwise these balls didn't strike too much. Now in the days of resin, it's a different mindset. Uh, I mean, it's a more relaxed grip pressure. You feed the ball to your break point with good roll. There's obviously less need to hit up on it. And, and again, it, it's, it's evolved over time. And some bowlers don't want to change their spans or pitches, but you know we encourage it all the time. It's like your prescription for glasses. What fit you five or ten years ago may not be ideal for your hand and your game at this present time. And I think bowlers need to stay open-minded, not be afraid to try something different, not be afraid to shorten their span slightly, try a more secure pitch to, to see if it indeed frees up that arm swing. It, it's a big thing in today's game. I agree with you. Oh, boy, do I agree with you. Oh, we're on the same boat here. You know, it's it's tough. I, you know, if, if I walk into your shop and uh, I'm, a, I'm a 190 average bowler, and but I just can never quite get there to break into that real scratch area, and you recognize something wrong with my fit that is probably preventing me from doing that, you have to invest into me a lot of energy, time, and effort to get me to maybe buy into, even though I want to, I'm afraid of losing my 190. I work really hard to get here, and don't take it away from me. So I think that little mentality of losing something or being fearful of making the change and having your friends ridicule you, and, ah, you used to know how to bowl until you went to that Ron Hoppy guy, or, you know, it's... <laughs> It's a it's a real effort <laughs> to make these changes at, up at that level. It's much easier. I mean, I'm I'm my favorite bowler is a 120 average. Yeah, how can you hurt somebody there? You know, you can really make them better in a hurry. So that is that you get into that higher level bowler, you got to start looking at absolutely every. You got to you got to open up every leaf in their book and, and look at every bit of it. Not easy. All right, Ron. Well, what is one thing that you do and you guys do at your coaching clinics and your boot camps to help bowlers get to that next level? When we started this podcast, that was our goal a year ago, to help bowlers get to that next level. So what are what can people expect that is going to help them get to that next level? And what is, I guess, a, I know that to put it on one would probably be a, a challenge. So what are a few things that bowlers are doing that is not helping themselves get to the next level? Uh, yes. Boy, that's a tough one, Tim. Yeah, nice, and uh, one sentence, huh? Okay. Uh, I think that just the fact that they attend the clinic is the first step toward becoming better. I mean, they're going to walk in, they, and, uh, you know, they paid a, a reasonable amount of money to get to our clinics. Uh, they're committing to two days. Uh, yes, some people come to see Jason Belmonte because he's that two-handed phenom, uh, but uh, the majority of people that attend our clinics really want to get better. They really, really want to get there. So... We really have a leg up on helping them, and that's where the real coaching comes in, and that's what I love about what I do. We can give them a lesson plan, and when I do the video analysis and having worked with them for two days, whatever the situation is, whether I'm, you know, maybe I'm shortening steps or maybe uh, Deandra's getting their follow-through organized or their balance at the foul line, we have the skills to get people to be able to improve. Um, we get tremendous uh, amount of responses because we really work hard at having people either respond on Facebook, by email, whatever whatever process they can use. 
about about what happened in the camp. We ask them. We email them back. Uh, I send them CDs. I I communicate with them. So we really do want to be their coaches for life. It's uh, that is a very large commitment, and and you. Um, I'm pretty proud of our group. That's what we do. Right, and, and I, I've heard quite a few success stories as well, Ron. And you know, Tim, I think I could answer part of Ron's question. Uh, I think bowlers just need to enter the environment, be it a new pro shop or their current pro shop or a coaching clinic, and with an open mind and not be afraid to, you know, try or do different things. Uh, realize that the person giving you this advice is genuinely trying to help you. And there are times that there's a little bit of a struggle or, or, say, learning curve period to have these skills work for you. It's not instant all the time. Well, I mean, Ron, I'm sure, Ron, you give these drills and you, you tell the bowlers it can take, you know, dozens of games before this is incorporated into your muscle memory to truly help you perform at, at a skill level you want. I agree. When we, um, we do the mental side of the game, and, uh, you know, because a lot of people uh, want to know about that, you know, how does a professional stand up there when it's all on the line and perform? Uh, most of them very successfully. So, I mean, obviously everyone saw Mika miss the 10 pin to, to win the U.S. Open this last uh, season, which proves he's very human. Uh, and I think that's maybe the biggest thing is that under pressure, people, when they go to a tournament, they change their mind. They'd say, oh, it's a tournament. And so they they try to be better than they really are. Um, and usually that makes you worse than you really are. Number one, you're changing environments. And number two, you put expectations on that aren't realistic. So, again, in our uh, when we do our mental part of the game, part of what we talk about is the successes and failures of professional bowlers and ourselves in league. And why do we not? Are we really prepared to bowl? When we come in the league on, on Wednesday night, uh, chances are if you've had a bad day at work or for any number of reasons, that Wednesday comes every Wednesday. You've got to show up to bowl. You maybe aren't mentally prepared. To, you're not ready. And you give away that first game just, you know, uh, So part of what we teach is how to be prepared to compete. Am I really prepared? And this is a, it's a great part of the classroom. People love it. All right, Ron, want to end on, on a quick two questions here. Uh, sure. first, first one, um, me, myself, and Joey a, a, got to have a chance at the Bowl Expo to talk to Jason and Deandra. And like we said, we've known them. Uh, Joey's known Deandra for, for years. Um, but for a bowler who maybe hasn't met them or know them, talk about, I guess, what you guys do to make bowlers feel comfortable. And then also, what does it cost, the, the one- and two-day sessions for the uh, International Art of Bowling's uh, boot camp? Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, the cost is one ninety five for one day and three fifteen for two days. And with that, if you take a two day clinic uh, or the one day, you can get a uh, storm ball. Uh, and the prices would vary because you have a choice of everything they make. So that's the cost factor. And I think that by the time we get through the first fifteen minutes of the class, people are pretty relaxed because we really work hard at that. I mean, I go. They send us a, we have them fill out a survey, so before we ever start the class, we know a little bit about everybody. We know their average, we know what they expect, we know where they live. We um, we really work hard at making ourselves accessible to the people prior to the actual start. I mean, we're there an hour and a half before the clinic actually starts, so a lot of people will be coming in. So I think by the time that the class is, everybody could be a little bit nervous, uh, 
But by the time the class is into 15 or 20 minutes of the classroom on the first day, uh, most people in the room are pretty relaxed. Uh, uh, there are people that are a little more shy than others, so we work a little harder to get them involved. But yes, good question. Well, Ron, I want to thank you for joining us. This has been a great interview, and, and by all means, uh, check out International Art of Bowling. Uh, we have a link on our website, above180.com. Also, it's internationalartofbowling.com. have some great information on there, and also find out, sign up for a class, find out when the upcoming events are. Uh, for Ron Hoppy, Joe Serrar, this has been Tim Berg. Good luck and good bowling.